All right, here we go on the first Sunday morning of February in Las Vegas. And that means we are one week away from the first ever Super Bowl here in Sin City. That's Super Bowl 58, and that is next Sunday night. I'm Brian Feldman, and this is Out of Line. We are here live in the Fox Sports RCG Home Loans, powered by Luminate Bank Studio, every Sunday at 8 on Fox Sports Radio, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM, Las Vegas flagship of the Vegas Golden Knights and sister station of Raiders Nation Radio and ESPN Las Vegas. The we also include social media director Spencer, the Wiz Ostrovsky. He's got his own theme music, and it's for a reason. And producer Chris Magnum Chapman, who aside from producing and being a part of several shows here at Lotus Broadcasting, Mags also serves as the locker room reporter for the Vegas Golden Knights radio network. We are also streaming on the LV Sports Network, and you can watch the show on Facebook Live and Twitch. The page is called Out of Line. That's O-U-T-T-A-L-I-N-E. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Out of Line Fox LV. And since we are Live, your calls and questions are welcome. The Fox Sports RCG Home Loans, powered by Luminate Bank Studio Line, is 702-876-1340. Hi, this is Bubby, and it's time for What's on Tap. What's on Tap, brought to you by title sponsor, RCG Home Loans, powered by Luminate Bank. Whether purchasing a new home or refinancing the home you already own, RCG Home Loans, powered by Luminate Bank, is the company to turn to for all of your home financing needs. To get information or to get your questions answered regarding anything mortgage-related, contact the pros at RCG Home Loans, powered by Luminate Bank today. On tap, Golden Knights, a week off for the All-Star break. Not one of them on the All-Star team. And uh, they're getting ready to play the hottest team and maybe the best team in the National Hockey League at this point in time. Uh, We'll talk about that. UNLV, three straight wins for the running Rebels. Is that good, bad, indifferent? Well, we'll let you know about that as well. And um, the OC or projected OC of the Las Vegas Raiders is now the projected OC of another team. And the Wiz is going to have that for you on the bones. We've got Brett Raymer. Uh, you know Brett from uh, the reality show Tanked on Animal Planet for several years. Also the owner of Stallone's Italian Eatery. Two locations. Some of the best darn Italian food in Las Vegas. He's got a party to talk about. And we're going to, Brett, Brett knows his sports, man. We're going to chop it up uh, in, a, in about 15 minutes or so on the Super Bowl. The NFC Championship game gets Brett's thoughts. And then, man, we've got a couple of Hall of Famers joining the show at the bottom of the hour. And that is going to be Ronnie Lott and Marcus Allen. And we're looking forward to having them on. A lot to talk about with those two guys. And of course, we've got a recap on the NFC Championship game. Uh, prep for the Super Bowl, and uh, next week we'll have the pick segment. No need this week, and uh, it's, it's come down to a two-man race. We'll fill you in on that at the very end of the show today, but that is what's on tap. If you are looking to buy a home or refinance the home you currently own, or you have any mortgage or real estate-related questions, contact the pros at RCG Home Loans, powered by Lumen 8 Bank today. Let's get right to it, guys. Jump into nightcap. Hockey players, as you know, are warriors. They don't give up. They come to play every game. 
It's time for Nightcap, a cup full of the Vegas Golden Knights. From highlights to interviews to special events, the puck starts here. Well, it starts right here, and as I mentioned, the All-Star Game, as we know, is going on this weekend. Started yesterday, ends today. Uh, not thrilled. I could care less, just to be honest with you, and especially kind of a crime that not a single Vegas Golden Knight player is in this game, considering they are the reigning Stanley Cup champions. So we're not going to spend time talking about the All-Star Game. To me, the biggest question coming out of the All-Star break is what they're going to do between the pipes and who's going to be healthy. And um, I think Aiden Hill has got to be given the nod as the number one goaltender coming out of this. I don't mean that that means Logan Thompson shouldn't see the pipes. I think he'll see a lot of time between the pipes, but I think it's time to morph into a number one goaltender. And you look at uh, the last four games before the All-Star break, they went 2-2, two and two, and it was Logan Thompson loss followed by two Aiden Hill wins and a Logan Thompson loss. Now, obviously, it's a team team loss or team win, but after what Aiden Hill did last year, especially in the postseason, I think you got to give this guy the nod as the number one goaltender right now. We'll see what happens. Uh, next up, two games this week. Uh, today, I should say Tuesday, they are playing the hottest team in the National Hockey League. Maybe the best team, the best player in the National Hockey League, although Austin Matthews is making a case that he's the best player this year. This guy's on pace for a record goal season, which is just crazy. May score 70 goals this year. But, you know, Connor McDavid, there is nobody like this guy. He is poetry in motion to pardon an old cliche in sports. And, of course, his teammate, Leanne Dreisaitl, probably one of the top five players in the league as well. You put those two together, you don't want to be on, you don't want to be shorthanded against the Edmonton Oilers. They come to town, T-Mobile Arena, Tuesday night, and the Golden Knights will have a shot at stopping what would be a record-tying 17-game wins, and that would tie the record set by the 1992-93 Pittsburgh Penguins. And I think the Golden Knights beat him, but we'll talk about that. But what's more surprising uh, with when it comes to the Oilers, to me, is is it the 16-game winning streak or the fact they opened the season? Two nine and one, kind of a shocker. As good as they are, but the bottom line is they have found their ice legs right now, and they're forced to be reckoned with. Hopefully, this week cooled them off. And like I said, the Golden Knights have been playing. They played well on their last road trip. Uh, they're going to be ready for this challenge. It's just who is going to be on the ice for the Vegas Golden Knights, not just in net, but in general. Are we going to see William Carrier, Shea Theodore, Jack Eichel, guys that they need back in the lineup to be successful? We'll find that out really soon. Uh, Jumping ahead, uh, let, let, let's move right into the Spencer, uh, get into the UNLV. And I don't know if you guys got a chance to see or listen to the game last night. But, you know, after that that Air Force game, a lot of my friends were, were tweeting out. They were also texting. We had a group text. Everyone saying, that sealed Kevin Kruger's fate. That's it. That loss to airport, and it was huge. 90-58. to 58. I wasn't there. I had just gotten back from Detroit, was a little bit ill, and decided to take a night off of sports. And then I saw the recap, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, Air Force is a lower echelon Mountain West Conference team this year, at least talent-wise and what was expected of them and where they were projected to finish and yet they blew out the running rebels i mean it wasn't even a game it was a matter of fact disgusting but the the running rebels have rebounded with three straight victories san jose state fresno state and yesterday wyoming pretty convincingly is does that make you happy i mean all three of those teams probably are playing teams in the mountain west conference tournament this year as some people feel feel unlv will be i think unlv is going to rise up and grab the fifth seed which will just keep them out of a play-in game and then they'll have to play the fourth seed to see if they 
can move on in the in the Mountain West Conference tournament. I spoke about it on the TC Martin show on Friday, where I was a guest, and I said this, and I'll say it again. Uh, it's very hard for me to do my job sometimes when I really like the people in a position that I don't think they should be in. Kevin Kruger, in my opinion, would have to make a postseason tournament, and we're talking about the NCAA or I think the NIT. NCAA, that would be it. He wouldn't have to win a game. I think he's going to get he'd get another season by Eric Harper. I think if they went to the NIT, they would need to win a game in the NIT tournament. I think that is the the floor for Kevin Kruger to retain his position as head basketball coach at University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Just my opinion. Uh, Chris, we don't have a lot of time, but I want you to chime in on this. You know, Eric Harper is a guy that wants his guys. He made a great hire with Barry Odom in football. Kevin Kruger was the exit hire of Desiree Reed francois She walked out the door. Eric Harper wants his guys, although the one intangible is Lon Kruger, one of the best college coaches of all time, a Hall of Famer, a great college coach, let's put it that way. And they have history here in in UNLV. And Kevin Kruger, of course, uh, was the point guard of the last time this team made the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament. None of that should matter. None of that should matter at all. I agree. It's about performance. And look, this isn't Cal Poly. This isn't Utah Tech. It's not Bowling Green. This is UNLV. And this is a program that has not played in a postseason tournament in, in how many years? How, uh, ma- how many coaches? It's been over a decade. Yeah. So, I mean, we're not even talking about the NIT. Yeah. So, Well, they got invited to the CBA one yeah, time and turned yeah, it down. Yeah, with Marvin Menzies. Yeah, I get that. But And then they fired Marvin. Yeah, after that. So, um, look, three years should be enough time to get UNLV, not Cal Poly, not Eastern Washington, yeah. not Montana State, yeah. into the NCAA, or at the very least, the NIT. Yeah. I, and look, I, I, I like Kevin. I think he's a super guy. He's a great, you know, he's a, he's a great rebel. But performance, I mean, that's, that's the name of the game. And it sounds cliche that it's about performance and it's about winning. But three years should be enough time to get UNLV into the NIT at the very least. I understand the transfer portal has changed the game, but... This is a pretty talented roster. Like, there's some good players. Like, DJ Thomas is a star. He's going D- to be. Deedon Thomas. Yeah, DJ Deedon D- Thomas. But they DJ because he's a junior. He's, he should be in high school, Chris. He should yeah, be a senior he's going to be a star. I like, agree. He, he was their best player and, on the court and yesterday. I, and I say this much. One of the Boone brothers has a shot to play, like, in the yeah, CBA. Keelan, Keelan Boone he, is pretty good. He's really good. He's a yeah. leader. He's vocal. And this guy is very active on both ends of the floor. I like the Boone brothers. They weren't there at the beginning of the season. That's why I've discounted that first loss against Southern. And also a guy like Luis Rodriguez has a motor that just constantly yeah, he, runs. he just consistently has, like, 10 points a yeah, night. And, and he just works really hard and he hustles. Real quickly, because we don't have a lot of time, I want to play what Kevin Kruger said last night about where they are right now. And this was Kevin after the game last night in the press conference. Uh, just older group uh, and we don't feel like that was uh, us you know we've now played nine games and we've played eight pretty good basketball games Um, we understand that that's the one that's going to be talked about all the time Um, that's the one that's going to be continued to be brought up Um, that's the one that's going to get the most attention that's the one that gets people riled up but eight of our nine have been pretty good and eight of our nine have been uh, very competitive and and done a lot of really good things so I think the security of the group um, is, is what has kind of shown and what has kind of prevailed um, since uh, 
the Air Force game. Yeah, and, and what he's talking about is eight of nine. They played more than nine games. He's talking about in the Mountain West Conference tournament. And, uh, you know, it, it, and I, I, like I said, I, you know, we'll see what happens. They, uh, they, they, they got a week off, and I think the real measuring stick is going to be next Saturday when they go to the pit and have to play at number 19, New Mexico, who they beat by double digits. They beat him by 10 points at the Thomas and Mack a couple of weeks ago. Uh, New Mexico is going to be salty, and that might have been New Mexico's worst game of the year. So UNLV is going to have their hands full, and we'll get a chance to see, you know, get, to me, get a better gauge on where they're at. they got a week to prepare for that game. We'll see it. Spencer, I want to get to our uh, guests, because I know he's waiting, but before we do, you got to grab the mic real quickly. Give us the bones and the Cliff, K- Cliff Kingsbury saga. Well, according to Adam Scheffner, it was all but done, but... It didn't. At the last moment, he used, I suppose, his leverage with the commanders, and he went over there. I think he was just trying to get more money from the commanders and say, look, I'm about to sign the deal with the Raiders. What do you got? Which is kind of a scummy thing to do, to be honest with you, but it is business. It is the NFL, but I think the Raiders are signing Getsky. He's uh, from the Packers staff. It's not the most exciting thing ever. They did talk to Eric Bieniemy, but I guess it didn't work out. So, there's something about that guy in his interviews that a lot of people just are turned off by Eric Bieniemy. I don't know what it is, but it is pretty disappointing. I mean, I thought that he was probably one of the better options, and it just didn't work out. And it's unfortunate to see someone use your NFL team as leverage to get more money on your contract. Spencer, I can't disagree with any of that. To me, Cliff Kingsbury overpaid in Arizona. They'll overpay him in Washington, and he's got a huge house in Arizona that he's got to pay for. So good, good for him. Goodbye, good riddance, and let's move on with people that want to be Las Vegas Raiders. And uh, happy for Antonio Pierce, and he'll get the right guys in place. We'll talk a little bit more about that with our guests. Let's jump right into uh, my guest, one of my favorite guests on the show, uh, Brett Raymer. Of course, you know Brett from Animal Planet for years. Uh, the show tanked, and of course, he is the owner of Stallone's Italian Eateries, two locations, the most, the newest one at the Santa Fe Station. What's going on, Brett? Ryan, what's happening, my friend? How are you? Oh, you know, it's a beautiful day in paradise, man. We're a week away from the Super Bowl. Brett, is it just crazy how much Vegas has morphed since the Vegas Golden Knights got here in 2017? You know, I I was just saying to Chris Wynn the other day, you know, I just remember before that, I covered the Las Vegas 51s, I covered UNLV football and basketball, and occasionally a Wranglers game. That's what we had, and look at us now. Yeah, it's crazy. We're like we're becoming the mecca of sports. You know, they it, they're getting ready to take the Tropicana down and build a stadium, another like ballpark on the Strip. How nuts is that, dude? You got a you got the you got ballparks and hockey stadiums on the Strip. You got you got knowledgeable hockey fans in Las Vegas, Brett. If you would have told me that being from Detroit, dubbed a hockey town, that at some point in town I'm going to be talking to local Las Vegans about hockey, and there and it's actually going to be intelligent conversations, I would have told you were spending too much time at a dispensary. But yet it's happened, and here we are, pretty darn cool. The Vegas Golden Knights were 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 the pinnacle of what you want to see in sports. It was one of the most magical things ever, and it's now trickling down to everything else. But talk. Talk about what you going, got going on, my friend. I mean, you got so much going on right now, and I'm still watching reruns of Tank, but it's not enough. You're all over the place. Ah, that's funny, but uh, yeah, all, all is good. You know, like you said, we got the two restaurants. They're doing really well. Uh, this weekend, we got a, a, one of them is inside the Santa Fe Station Casino, you know, inside the sports book, and we have a, uh, a big event going on because it's in the sports book, so there's going to be thousands of people. Uh, we got, you know, pizza and wings special. Uh, it's just going to be a good, good, fun day. And, uh, you know, I'm working on a lot of aquarium stuff. I believe it or not, I got a, another show, uh, hopefully in the, in the pitch, it's in the pitching stages right now. 
and uh, we're, we're working on pitching the show. And uh, other than that, you know, it's, it's, it's all good. Other than that, that's, that's an awful lot, and I'm looking forward to the new show, my friend. What did you think about, Brett? You know, I know you you as into sports as anybody that I know. What did you think about this season, the way it culminated? And, and most specifically, because we haven't really talked about them yet on the show, the way the, N- the NFC and the AFC championship games, uh, you know, kind of transpired. You know, I think as far as our season is concerned, I think the one problem that the Raiders have is that they're always going through changes. You know, there's just uh, – it's never a it's it's never a solid coach here. It's always a change there. It's always you know someone else here, someone there. I mean, you need you need some. You got to hire a coach, keep the coach, and believe in the system, and you got to go with what works. And obviously, you know, look, I I wasn't happy when they signed Garoppolo. Um, I, I didn't think he was the answer. I would have rather you know everybody wants to win now, but look at some of these teams like the Packers, you know, and Jalen Hurts. And these young guys that have come out and, you know, that do really, really well, Brock Purdy, you know, guys that are doing well, that are young and hungry. And I just think that, you know, the Raiders need to look at the, the realize, you know, they get a whole new staff. They should get a whole new team, a new coach. You know, they have a good defense. But at the end of the day, they, they should look at it as a, as, a, as a process. And, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. And uh, they got a lot of t- good teams out there. You know, look at the Chiefs. I mean, consistency. You know, look at these guys. Consistency. That's what's key. And, and the Raiders don't have consistency. Yeah, and I think, you know, hopefully Antonio Pierce will bring that. He's definitely a popular coach. Something I don't want to get into a great deal on the show. But I was really, it bothered me, the cigar smoking in the locker room after an 8-9 and nine season. I thought, you know, um, guys like Vince Lombardi are rolling over in their grave when they see that. You're, you're, you're celebrating getting a good tea time the next day. And I didn't understand all of that. I was in the locker room. I saw it. And I'm like, whoa, what is going on? But there were a lot of alumni, and it was the support of Antonio Pierce. So I guess I get that. Those, those championship games, Brett, you know, you talked about the consistency of the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, coming in as the third seed, having to go on the road for two games and win two games in the road. This is a salty team, a team that would maybe, maybe they said, you know, since they've lost Tyreek Hill, although they won a Super Bowl without him last year, but maybe not the same fire that they've had because they've gotten, you know, they've won two Super Bowls. They've played in so many. This will be their fourth in five years. You know, do you think that kind of sparked this Kansas City Chiefs team up? And another thing that sparked them up is, you know, when you get a new girlfriend that you're in love with, you kind to perform and we're seeing Travis Kelsey play like it was 25 again. I wonder if Taylor Swift has anything to do with that. Yeah, that's funny. But uh, you know, here's the thing. Like, look, it's just like Brady, you know, like they come to play. You know, it didn't matter who Brady had. It, he it, every year it was a different receiver, you know, it was somebody else being the it was somebody else catching the touchdown pass. They they there's certain people that are just born to to do, you know. To, to, to be superstars and, to, and to, 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 to make it to the top. And, you know, Mahomes is one of those guys, you know. Obviously, he's been four out of five. I mean, you know, look at the kid's so young and he's just moving along. And But here's the thing, you know, I'm, I, 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 I think the – I mean, the Chiefs are my pick. I like the Chiefs. I think they're going to do it, you know, experience, et cetera. But you can't count out the Niners. I mean, look, they got they got a lot of a lot a lot of really really good players on that team, and you know Brock Purdy has a lot of tools around them. So I think it's going to be a great game. Um, but like I said, you know, the bottom line is that some players just come to step up and play, and he happens to be one of them. You know, he's looking in his rearview mirror and everybody calling him Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. He wants to get to that point where it's no longer Tom Brady and it's Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. 
And then people are going to be comparing uh, to Patrick Mahomes, you know, Tom Brady might be on the second list. That's the mentality of these players, you know, and that's his mentality. You know, he wants to be the best of the best, and uh, he shows it on the field for sure. Yeah, he does. You know, it's funny. They keep comparing him to Tom Brady. It's like, you know, there was kind of a goat on the 49ers named Joe Montana that I would think you might want to compare this guy to. But I understand Brady was a later draft pick, wasn't expected to ever really do anything in the NFL, where Joe Montana was being groomed to be the starter for the San Francisco 49ers. But think about this, man. It used to be, man, I want to be like Terry Bradshaw. Then it was like, man, I want to be like Joe Montana. Then it was like, I want to be like Troy Aikman. You know, it was, it was I want to be like these guys. And, now, and then it was, I want to be like Tom Brady. Then now it's going to be like, I want to be like Patrick yeah, Mahomes. It's like, passing the, it's like passing the torch, you know? Yeah. And even as, a, as an adult now, as a kid, as I grew up, as those quarterbacks retired and were out of the league, they were out of my uh, jersey. They were off my jersey, right? I had that jersey of the guy that was that year that was playing. Like, I'm going to be Montana or yeah. I'm going to be this guy. Or, I'm going to be that guy, you know? And he's the next guy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's a lot of good guys coming out of college right now, you know, but he's the next guy and he's, uh, he's, he's, he's trying to show it and prove it to everybody. Yeah. Most quarterbacks today, it's all about improvisation. These guys are able to improvise on the run, on the fly. Like I've never seen it. The athlete, the skill level of these guys continues to go up, which is why they curtail the game a little bit to make it more safe because you got guys bigger, stronger, you know, you've got 280 pound guys that are running like guys that used to be 180 pounds 10 years ago. It's unbelievable with athletes. Real quickly transitioning, you mentioned, you know, talking about the 49ers. Uh, it's very hard for me to talk about, Brett. This is the second time I've talked about it on public radio now. The Detroit Lions lost to the San Francisco 49ers. I told all my 49er fans, friends, let's be realistic, man. Just call me up and say thank you to my Detroit Lions. The 49ers, okay, I won't say they didn't win the game. They did, but they got a gift from the Detroit Lions. And I thought we saw an example. Anyone out there that's seeing the movie The Replacements, and remember when Gene had Hackman said to Keanu Reeves, who played Shane Falco, the quarterback, and he said, well, you know, what are you guys afraid of? And Shane Falco said, quicksand, where everything's going great, and then all of a sudden, one thing goes wrong, and then another, and then another, and before you know it, you're over your head, and you can't breathe. That's what we saw a definition of what quicksand yeah. was last Sunday, except I think that the Lions made decisions, because you can't, the human element of the game, the drop passes um, by Reynolds, you know, the fumble by Gibbs, those are the human elements of football that are going to happen, but decisions are just that, decisions. And I gave Dan Cunt Campbell a nickname a few weeks back when I called him Tin Cup Campbell after the Dallas debacle when he had three opportunities to tie the game and chose all three of them including one from seven yards out to go for a two-point conversion which ultimately cost the Lions a two-seed. They got a reprieve with Dallas losing to Green Bay and then they get another opportunity. They win two playoff games. They go up to San Francisco and San Francisco drives down in the second half. They get a field goal but the Lions hold them and stop them. The Lions answer with a drive of their own. They have a chance to take back the 17-point lead, and they didn't do it. They went for fourth down. To me, showing San Francisco no respect for one of the best defenses in the league, no respect for the highest-paid defensive line in the league, and people keep telling me analytics, Brett, and yet analytics say this, that 
It's the regular season. You're giving me what their fourth down percentage is over two years during the regular season against teams like Carolina, Atlanta, Chicago. Unfair representation. The playoffs are a completely different animal. Uh, Players have to ramp up their game and coaches have to morph and change their game. You don't do what you did in the regular season. He leaned on analytics. I want to see analytics on the road against playoff teams with top-notch defenses. You would see that they are dramatically less on fourth down conversions. It was a huge mistake in my opinion that at the party was at I said it aloud when they were going to, when they went for it the first time and didn't kick the field goal. I said verbatim this might be the worst decision in Lions football history and it turned out to be because the game turned on a dime after they missed that fourth down and the, the 49ers never looked back and I'll end it by saying he did get a, a branch to pull him out of the quicksand when he could have tied the game later and again elected not to and that was it. It was over from that point forward. But that's my take and opinion on the game. What's yours? Yeah, there was definitely a lot of a lot of bad calls. But you know, the funny thing is, is that you know, you, as much as you wanted the Lions to win, I for some reason you just knew that the Niners were gonna come back and win that game. I was literally in the sports book and I was with a whole bunch of people. And you you could just tell the demeanor from halftime how it uh. changed. And you, you could just tell that the, they went away from the game plan and they got scared. They got scared. They, 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 they had that. They ran the. They had the, such a one two punch the first half and they went away from the one two punch and tried to go inside when they had the whole outside. And they just went away from their game plan, bad decisions. It was just a combination of everything, I think, you know, and you had so many opportunities and it just wasn't. You just you just knew that it wasn't going to happen that day. You just I, I just you could feel it. You could literally feel it. I'm sitting in the sports book, you know, at the restaurant, and I'm watching the game with everybody, and you could just feel it. Yeah. You know, you could just feel that it was going that that direction. That one people were like, it's one turnover away from being a new game, and then all of a sudden, bam, turnover. You know, and a couple of sacks here, a turnover there. Bad couple, bad calls, you know, and that's it, man. I feel bad for 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 you guys because the fans, you know, because like I said, you made some good points, and uh, but here's the thing, man. You know, you got to live and die by your decisions. You know, if they would have gotten the first down, you guys would be cheering. I would, you know, you know, Brad. I, I'm I'm one, and I got to close this. We got to run, but I will tell you this. I say if they went for both field goals and missed them both, you would have never heard me say never. And if you know me well, I'm not a hypocrite. I would have never said sure. they should have gone for the first down there. I would have said, you know what? They need a new kicker. That would have been my complaint. Yeah. But listen, he's Brett Raymer. Brett, two things. One, I want you to give your prediction for the Super Bowl. Just the score. You already said the Chiefs are going to win it. And secondly, real quickly, just mention again what you got going on coming up this week. Yeah, all right. So my prediction for the Super Bowl is uh Chiefs 31, Niners 27. And uh yeah, come by Stallone's Italian Eatery. We have two locations, one inside the Santa Fe Station Casino, literally inside the sports book. You're going to have access to all the TVs, you'll have access to put in your favorite bets, and you'll also have all access to some great Italian food. And then we have our location on Silverado Ranch and Bermuda. It's down the block from the South Point. Uh, come check it out. Uh, like I said, uh, got a show hopefully coming this year, hopefully by the end of the year. Other than that, uh, you know, I'm around town just doing my thing. I uh, do a little bit of brand management for an amazing company. So if you got pets, check out AnimalNecessity.com. 
That is awesome. He is Brett Raymer, of course, show, star of Tank. And if you haven't tried Stallone's Italian Eatery, I'm not saying it because Brett's my friend. Uh, it is phenomenal. Get the Godfather, the Godmother, the pizza. I, I, you know what? I'm not even going to give you advice. Get what you want, but make sure you get an order of garlic knots for the table. Appreciate you, Brett, and we'll, I know we'll be talking soon. Yeah, Brian, thank you, man. I'll give you a call later, bud. Thanks. Sounds good, my friend. All right, let's move right on. And uh, We are going up to the next segment. Um, we are going to... You know what, Spencer? Let's just go right to it, man. Hit hit what hits uh, fact this. Fact this. If you don't like the facts, take your ass back to bed. Fact this. It's a fact. Well, let me let me first uh, preface it by saying a fact. This is brought to you by Lifelike Hair Center of Las Vegas. If you are experiencing hair loss or thinning hair and want to learn about the best non-surgical options available, call 702-737-5759 or go to lifelikehair.com and schedule your free consultation today. Okay, fact. In 1985, while playing for the San Francisco 49ers, Hall of Fame defensive back Ronnie Lott had his pinky finger crushed making a tackle on Dallas Cowboys running back Tim Newsom, and Ronnie required a bone graft to repair his pinky. Also a fact, Ronnie Lott opted out of the bone graft surgery and chose instead to get a portion of that pinky amputated. This is because the bone graft would have not allowed him to start the 1986 season. With that, I bring in Ronnie Lott. Ronnie, welcome to Out of Line. Thank you, man. This is awesome. I'm, 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 I'm really jacked. I'm excited. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, you know, I got my friend coming on with me, Marcus Allen. I think it's going to be pretty, it's gonna be pretty nice. Yeah, I heard Marcus had some trouble getting on, but he's with us right now, which is great. And I can also say, I'm going to add another fact for Marcus. He should like this one as well. It is a fact that Marcus Allen is in the Hall of Fame, deservedly so, and a fact that another guy that I think is right on the border, Jim Plunkett, is not in the Hall of Fame. I was doing some research, and this in my opinion, is because Jim Plunkett needed one more, one more vital statistic to get him in. He's just short. And that one statistic might have been a second Super Bowl MVP. But Marcus Allen took that second Super Bowl MVP away, and I never thought about it before, but Marcus <laughs> Allen might be the reason Jim Plunkett's not in the Hall of Fame. I don't know if Marcus ever thought about that. What's going on, Marcus? Well, I feel bad if he, if he would have put it that way. I'm wearing his jersey. Look, I, 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 I wish they would have gave it to Jim. <laughs> <laughs> and guys, listen here. I apologize for uh, you know, the, uh, the the camera. I actually turned it off, guys, because I'm in the process of getting a haircut, and I don't want people to to look at me uh, and see this Don King uh, hairdo <laughs> I have. Right? I mean, not that there's any wrong with Don King hairdo, wait a minute, wait a but it doesn't look good on me. Saying, so I'm trying to. You're saying that Don King's hairdo is bad? Yeah, what's going on with that? Don King's well, got a great do. Again, it looks it would look good on him, right? He doesn't look good on me, so I'm trying to rectify the situation. I love it too. So I can look good for tomorrow. Dinner. Yeah, you'll get to see you'll get to see the culmination of the haircut tomorrow. A dinner that I wasn't invited to. I don't know how that happened yet. I'm still trying to figure that out. No, I'm kidding. In retrospect, Ronnie, real real quick to start this off, you heard what I said about fact this initially. You know, and as a matter of fact, before I ask you if it was worth it, uh, cutting off the tip of your pinky, I've got to play a segment with it. Spencer's going to play right now for you at the Lions Rams game. I went and covered the two Lions games. I'm from Detroit. I worked for the Detroit Lions radio network for a few years back in the day. Uh, back when. 
Barry was playing. But the whole thing is, is that uh, I had this. I, I said this having no idea that I would be having Ronnie Lott on the show a couple weeks later. But we'll check out this segment at the Lions game right before I went in to see them play the Rams. Okay. Are you talking about when you're on the field? I'm sorry. No, no, it's the other one. Sorry. The coach? Okay, uh, sorry about that. I guess we're not. The one where I'm wearing the thing, the necklace. Oh. Okay, hold on. Spencer's going to play it right now. Sorry about that. Give me a second. Okay. Hold on. We're, we're, we're waiting one second. You got to see it. It's worth it. It's, it's get, get your act together, Spencer. Come on, man. Okay, here we go. It's coming right now. Here, you like it when you see it. It's worth the wait. All right. Well, I'm sorry. We'll, we'll get it. Spencer will get it up in a minute. He's work. You got it. You got it ready? Uh, almost. He said, "Give him a second. We'll get it up." But Ronnie, go ahead and answer the question if you if you don't mind. Was it worth it? Yeah, it's worth it. And the reason it's worth it, man, there are a lot of people in this country that have done far more, and it's worth it. And the reason why it's worth it is that they fought for this country. My dad fought for this country. It was worth it. And so I think when you have those kind of moments in your life where you see people making sacrifices, it's always worth it. And uh, I think that in this case, for me, it was worth it because one, I, I love the game. I love the game. And two, it, it was something that, you know, when I look back at it uh, and, and really looking forward and, and li- looking at my life, I never, it's never done anything. It's never, it's never uh, allowed me not to do certain things. I've been able to go play basketball. I've been able to do a lot of things with this short pinky. That now was it was it, a, it was was there any d- debate in the decision? Like, did you think about it for a minute, or is it when the doc said, "Look, you're not going to be able to start next season if we do the bone graft." Hey, doc, cut it off. Was it like that? No, it was like, "Hey, I got the saw here, and let's." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hey, are you ready for? Are you ready for this? for this procedure and uh, this this is the one time he didn't call and consult me (laughs) (laughs) usually usually he calls and consults me and i would have said ronnie are you sure about that (laughs) oh that's not maybe it's not as vain as i am i would have said that yeah for sure when you guys were rooming together at (laughs) usc did you have any idea that both of you would have? I mean, I'm, I know you projected. I, I watched both of you as a kid and loved it. But did you guys have any idea that you guys were going to uh, both end up in the Hall of Fame? No. No. I, I, you know, now he, he, he's going to say something that, you know, he's already, he, he manufactured a lot of things already just because there were certain things that he could see. I wasn't that, I, I couldn't see that far. I mean, I get on. I mean, it was year to year for me, but uh, I think part of the reason that it was year to year is that, um, you know, like a lot of things in life, you, you play for the here and now, and you don't really see yourself or project yourself being certain things because you're just really focused on the here and now. And I've always been um, a person that really, you know, tries to focus and concentrate on the moments and because. And, you know, if you fo- focus on the moments, you get a chance to exhaust all those moments. And there's so many of them. And so, uh, you know, one of the things that I've tried to realize that, you know, the more I can focus on a moment, the more I'm going to be prepared to be able to handle that moment. Well, I'll tell you what, there were many, many. Well, let moments. me uh, oh, go ahead. Interject. Let me jump in on that. Ronnie. Um, I, I, 
I had hoped to. I had, certainly it was a goal of mine. Um, I had several goals as a young man. And so, um, you know, I, I sort of worked towards that. You know, I sort of flexed muscles in those dreams and you see them start taking shape and form and then they become reality. So, I mean, I saw that in myself. And I also saw that in Ronnie. Um, I didn't see the way um, or the journey that it would take to get there. Um, but I saw it in Ronnie. Yeah. I didn't see that Ronnie would be a corner. Uh, I didn't see that Ronnie would be a, a free safety. I didn't see that Ronnie would be a strong safety and make all pro at every single position. I didn't see that, but I did see the Hall of Fame and uh, Ronnie's in his future. That's what I saw as a roommate. Uh, because I, you know, when I witnessed, uh, I had a front row seat again uh, every single day to watch uh, a young man uh, work as hard as he possibly can on his craft, his skill. Um, he was so passionate about it. Uh, you couldn't help but see him being um, <clears throat> in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Marcus, I would agree. But I, I saw that with both you guys. Just just the tenacity that both of you played your positions with was incredible. And, you know, in college, it's funny, one of my really good friends and I were arguing back when you guys were both playing in college and I was in the end of my junior 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 year high school and um, we were arguing who's going to be a better pro, Ronnie Lott or Kenny Easley? Because you guys were – and I – took Kenny easily. I'm going to admit it. My buddy was, I lost some money, some pride, but uh, I didn't lose getting to see two very quality players play in the National Football League because you both played the game with tremendous fervor. And uh, it was a pleasure watching you play, an honor to have you on the show with what you did when you did play the game. And uh, it's really cool to see the two of you guys, roommates and best of friends after all of these years and to have, you know, the culmination of success that you both had is incredible. Real quickly, guys, before I talk more about that, I want to talk about I, I, well, I got to jump in. Jump though, in, please. Easley, yeah, because Kenny Easley, to me, was one of the few people that, you know, that when I would watch him in college, there were certain things that he did that, that, that I wanted to do and certain things that he did that I tried to do. And I think one of the great things is that you do have people in front of you that you're chasing. And you do have people like Kenny that uh, set the standard. And, uh, you know, I, I remember <laughs> I remember coming to the airport to get, you know, and I just got drafted by the 49ers and I'm sitting there and they and they said, hey, I said, do you have a ticket for a lot in San Francisco? They said, no, but we have a ticket for Kenny Easley. I said, Kenny Easley? They said, yeah. <laughs> so it turned out that that moment I realized that, you know, that's how bad they wanted Kenny is that they had already had a ticket for him. But, you know, he got drafted earlier than I did. Yes, and man. next thing I know, here I am. I'm now, you know, going to the San Francisco 49ers, which it turned out to be an incredible opportunity to be able to play with, you know, the likes of Jerry Rice and the likes of Montana and, and Roger Craig and so many other great Fred Dean. To me, Fred Dean oh, man. is probably arguably one of the greatest – defense alignment ever to play the game. No He's got to be in the top four or five de defense alignment of all time. Just a phenomenal athlete. 
You know, Ronnie, I, I will agree 100%. Fred Dean was truly an enforcer, even though that was Kenny Beasley's nickname. Fred Dean was an enforcer on that defensive line, and I'll never forget your first Super Bowl. You know, something that, that I don't think has ever happened before or since, because the last line of defense is your secondary. And the 49ers in the 1980-81 season where they won the Super Bowl, if you look at that secondary, other than Dwight Hicks, you started three rookies. Ronnie Lott, Carlton Williamson, and Eric Wright, and they're Nickelback, Lynn Thomas was also a rookie. I mean, it was mind-blowing that you guys had that kind of success that earlier in career. What was it that made you guys such a cohesive unit? I mean, you and Eric Wright just shut down on the corners. You, you knocked out anyone who had the ball. Carlton Williamson, one of the hardest-hitting safeties, and I don't think gets enough credit for how good of a player he was. He just didn't have a real lengthy career. And, uh, and of course, Dwight Hicks. How much did you guys lean on him for experience that year? I think what it was is Ray Rhodes was phenomenal. He was an incredible coach. He did a wonderful job. He and George Seifert. George Seifert was our literally the defensive back coach and uh, did did an incredible job of you know training us. But Ray Rhodes and 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 George Seifert, the two of those guys, how they went about it, how they said that hey, every day. We're going to watch film. We're going to watch film. We're going to watch more film. So we watched film after every practice. Uh, everything was always criticized. Everything was always not good enough. And for us as rookies, um, I remember, you know, one day George saying to us, Seifert saying, hey, look, st stop thinking. Just go play. And, and, and sure enough, that day we went out and we just played and um, – Eric Wright made a couple of interceptions, and next thing I know, we're off to the races. And and really, that particular day, George Seaver saying, "Just play, go out and stop thinking, go out and play the game." And 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 we did. We kept playing every week, and um, all the way to the championship game, and then obviously in the championship game, you know, beating Dallas, and then going to Cincinnati, and 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 getting ready, you know playing in that Super Bowl and beating Cincinnati. It was just an unreal journey, especially as a rookie. It was just unbelievable. And like I said, we had we when we we ended up getting Fred Dean. And when we got Fred Dean, uh that changed yeah. that changed a lot of things because it was kind of our way of saying you got to stop him. And I remember the I remember the Dallas Cowboys when he would come on the field, the whole offensive line would look. They were looking at him like, "We got to stop Fred." And and Fred was really one of those kind of guys that you know could literally make sure that everybody was paying attention to him. And so he he was he was phenomenal. And for us, it turned out that uh, we were able to make some interceptions. We we're able to make some plays, and and it led us all the way to the Super Bowl. And and yes, that group of guys were were amazing people. They really were in that Super Bowl. People forget that postseason too. I think it was Keena Turner's playing with the chicken pox. You guys just nothing stopped that squad, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Uh, nothing did. Listen, guys, before I talk more, and I definitely want I got to talk to Marcus about uh, the Raiders and the opportunity to to go to the Raiders and then the move to L.A. So you get to basically play where you played college, and a lot of guys don't get to do that. But we'll talk about that in a minute. I want to talk about real quickly about an evening with NFL legends Ronnie Lott and Marcus Allen. That's tomorrow night at six o'clock at Strip State 
Street at Mandalay Bay. All the proceeds will benefit All Stars Helping Kids and the Marcus Allen Foundation. Guys, talk to me about this because this is really, really cool. Well, I think I think what's cool about it is that I get a chance to hang with Marcus, and then two, I, we get a chance to really do some things that we always wanted to do, and that is always trying to find ways to give back to our communities. And um, I know Marcus and his foundation, what he's done in the last ten years has been remarkable, and I think it's been just unbelievable that he's been able to really create a platform that allows a lot of young people to you know participate and being able to leverage all of who he is and so that's been awesome and then with with all stars helping kids um it's just it's been one of those things in in my life that i know that my dad and my mom and all my family have said hey that's the right thing to do in life you got to find a way to set an agenda of helping young people and helping people further their lives so uh all stars helping kids has been uh, an incredible organization it's here in the bay area um i enjoy it because of the fact that there are so many kids that that when you meet them and you talk to them you can you can you can hear their dreams you know marcus talks about what it was like and how he had this dream of being in, in, on that screen and 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 i think that dream that he talked about is something that we need to be able to help more kids see that dream be able to feel that they can dream and that they can get certain things accomplished in their lives and so that's what we try to do with all stars kids that's really cool marcus you're fine well, ronnie's being modest oh, I was gonna say. ronnie's being modest i mean what he's accomplished uh since the inception of uh all stars helping kids is i mean he's raised millions and millions and millions of dollars to uh, give back to others and um i always say that ronnie uh and I are like, and in many ways, we're like synchronized swimmers uh, in the in the fundamental things, you know. Um, and one of those fundamental things are, you know, we believe you're rich by what you give and you're poor by what you keep. So we've been, you know, very very blessed uh, to have things go our way and be in favor. And so when you have that opportunity, you certainly want to give back and really to show your appreciation because and and when you sort of really look and reflect. And evaluate we didn't ask for talent we didn't ask for to be born to great parents we didn't ask for you know a sound mind we didn't ask for you know uh, instinct and or exceptional skill or anything but you know but by the grace of god uh, we've been we've been you know blessed with those things and so when you you feel really lucky and you feel like uh, you you know you should live your life with gratitude and that's why we do what we do man you know you guys were great on the football field and you guys are great off the football field and I love feeling the love between the two of you it's really cool to see this on the show I haven't had it before and I really really enjoy it teammates since uh, USC best friends ever since and you can hear it with the two of you uh, real quickly Marcus again the what I had just mentioned getting to go to the Raiders and the Raiders moving to LA almost simultaneously and then you guys get a Super Bowl was it pretty cool to get to stay in LA and play football? Well, of course, you're talking about favor. I mean, who could uh, foresee that coming? Exactly. Right, getting drafted by uh, the 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 Raiders who moved to Los Angeles, and so this is the blessing that I received. Right, so for 15 years, my parents basically sat in the same yeah. seats. They were able to drive just you know a little over 100 miles from San Diego to uh, to Los Angeles to see me play. 
um, that that had to be a script that was already written because I didn't have uh, <laughs> uh, the power to manifest that, even though I think we have a, the ability to do a lot of things, but that just sort of aligned up, you know, very, very perfectly and stuff. So, um, you know, Ronnie mentioned the, uh, the great 49ers. When I got to the Raiders, it was like, how lucky could a guy get? It was, uh, I was surrounded by some of the greatest veterans that have ever played the game, Art Shell, Gene Upshaw, Ted Hendricks, yeah. uh, Lau Zedo, a bunch of guys, Plunkett, obviously the great. Uh, and who was my roommate my rookie season was uh, Cliff Branch. Wow. Uh, so I was surrounded really? by just Those names uh, are amazing. a ton it's of experience. Crazy. Yeah. No, as, as a fan, so I was, just I was surrounded to by a ton of experience, you know what I mean? So, and then I had this one coach, uh, by the name of Ray Wilsey, who very few people, sorry, very few people, um, would recognize, but he was, he was near and dear to me. He was my running back coach. And, and I really don't think Ray really was a running back coach by trade. You know, I think he was a, just an excellent coach who, uh, I think the Raiders had moved him, you know, from position to position. Uh, but he recognized that I can play and he never used the word don't. Never use the word don't my rookie season, right? He always says, Marcus, you can reverse reverse field, but make sure you know down a distance. Make sure you know the situation of the game. So I played the game completely free, completely liberated, never looked over to the bench um, because his words completely allowed me to play the game without hesitation. And um, he was just just a great guy. He, he, he passed a few years ago and stuff. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to make the uh, the service uh, because I really didn't hear about it until later and stuff. And I would have been there. But um, you have people like that along the way that just, just make things uh, or the game very, very easy for you and stuff. Uh, so along with him and my, my love for Tom Flores, who, who I just, you know, who's a great, great guy. And, uh, you know, it, it's, I saw a quote the other day that was um, interesting. I think uh, I think it was from Julian Edelman who said, "We we played, we worked for for Belichick, but we played for Tom Flores." Well, I worked for the Raiders, but I played for Tom Flores. Excuse me. He worked um, he worked for New England or Belichick, but he played for Tom Brady rather, right? And so for me, I worked for the Raiders, but I played for Tom Flores. I love Tom. And uh, the fact that he had faith in me as a rookie, I was, uh, you know, one always reward him for uh, showing that faith in me because I played in the first and last uh, Olympic Gold Bowl in San Diego. It was a uh, college, uh, you know, I guess all-star game. And Tom Flores was my coach. And I think based on the way I practiced and the way I played in the game, I think he certainly had a hand in drafting me. I'll tell you what, great stuff, and it was so nice to see Tom Flores finally get inducted into Canton, into the Football Hall of Fame. It was so deserving, and it was awesome to see that. Guys, real quick, as we run, I'm running low on time, and I got so many more things I'd love to talk to you about. I wanted to ask Ronnie, and you know, I, I wish you guys were in studio. It would be great, but then again, I said, I was terrified of Ronnie Lott when he played. I don't know if I could sit next to him for 30 minutes. I'd be too scared to do the show. But uh, in all seriousness, uh, Ronnie, today's game is so much different in the respect the rules have really uh you know changed and and you know protecting the quarterback you get fined for everything you do how would you have been in today's game 
But let me answer that question. Ronnie couldn't play, yeah. play today. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie could not he could not play today. Or or he'd be playing for free because he would get fined so often. <laughs> that's what I that's what I was my point I was getting to, Marcus. I agree hundred percent. I don't know how yeah, he wouldn't be able to play in this that, game. Yeah, I think that, that when I when I think about what you just asked and what you said and, and just knowing Marcus, yeah because of the things that I did on the field and how I played. But the thing that I re recognize, and I've always said this, and, and Marcus knows this too, is like, you know, whatever the rules say that you have to do and the things you got to get ready for to adapt, man, I mean, I, 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 there is no way that I would allow myself to play the game different because when you learn the game, whether it's learning how now to get your head out of the out of the out of the hit, I mean, all of those things are teachable moments. And so, one of the great things that I I watched I watched Marcus learn how to be a fullback. I, I watched him learn how to be a fullback. I watched him learn how to take guys on. I watched him learn how to get better. And so, my point is that today's game, I would have to learn. I mean, the question is. Would I use the same style? No, of course not. But I would have to learn. And when you have to learn to get better, man, that that's that's where I pride myself is like, I, I want to be better. I want to find ways to do the things that are the right way so so I don't get fined. Because a lot of family, my mom would kill me. Marcus, you know, my mom would kill me if she's like, "Hey, what are you? What are you doing? Getting fined? Yeah. What, what's wrong? Are you crazy? You gotta learn how to hit that guy the right way." And so, you know, those things I think we're, we are teachable and coachable, and, and 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 yes, I think that there are things that you have to learn. Hey, Ronnie, they can't they can't legislate instinct. No, you couldn't. Hey, guys, I apologize. We are we are running out of time. We're about a minute to go. I just wanted to say I'm glad Ronnie played when he played so we could see his full of the, his full capability on the football field, although I do think Ronnie would morph into any situation when it came to football. He is a football player. Guys, real quick, you got a th 10 seconds each. Prediction on the game. Ronnie first, then Marcus. Super Bowl. 49ers, dude. What are you talking about? I'm from Detroit. It's killing me. <laughs> yeah, we gotta win. We gotta win this one. We gotta take this one. What do you think, Marcus? <laughs> uh, listen here, I, I really don't care. I just want I want a uh, I want a game that's gonna like capture everyone's attention and everybody will be excited to watch you to the very end. That's I that's what I'm concerned about. Appreciate them both. Ronnie Lott, Marcus Allen, Hall of Famers, we appreciate you. And uh, remember, tomorrow night, the evening with the legends, Ronnie Lott and Marcus Allen at Strip Steak. The information will be on the website to join the show. Next week, uh, we have we have uh, Mike Jones and uh, we also have Bernie Fratto on the show. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. <laughs>